to Challenge of the Faith radio program. I'm Gary McCann. I'd like to acknowledge God and our listeners. My guest is Chris Du Bois, who is a follower of Jesus Christ's husband, dad, pastor, author, and child of God. Chris, welcome to Challenges of Faith radio program. Well, welcome, and thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a joy and an honor to be on the show. Hey, it's an honor to have you on and just a fellowship at the same time. But first and foremost, how are you and your family? We're good. We're blessed. And I uh, thank God for his grace upon us. Oh, yeah. Chris, what were your aspirations while growing up? Uh, well, it depends if uh, we're talking before I got saved or after I got saved. But uh, before I got saved, my aspirations were simple, uh, to live for myself and to make a lot of money and uh, have a comfortable life. Uh, then I uh, met Jesus, gave my life, surrendered to his lordship, and uh, he saved me from my sin. And then uh, my aspirations were I felt him call me into full-time professional ministry and uh, had a vision of myself preaching, and I had a an encounter with the Lord that lasted hours that changed my life. Uh, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and I started a Bible study at my uh, public high school and then started preaching in my youth group and then uh, went off to Bible college, and my aspirations as sense have just been to uh, be faithful and uh, to do his will as best as I can in the power of the Spirit and, and by his grace. Praise <clears throat> praise God. What I'd like to do is uh, unpack that for the listener who just heard Chris talk about that when he was unsaved, not a born-again believer, he shared what his aspirations were. And then he separated it when he came to know Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord. Then, Chris, you talked about different things that led to after you came to know Christ, such as college and so forth. But before we get there, what powerful encounter happened to you as a teenager that changed your life? Well, the first one was when I was 15 years old. I was a freshman in high school. Uh, my parents made me go to church, which looking back, I'm, I'm grateful for that because I encountered God in the church service. But one night, it was a Sunday night service, and I just went to church again because my parents forced me. So I was in the back just listening to the preacher, as always, and I just felt <laughs> convicted. And uh, I went forward for prayer at the end, and, and the Lord hit me, and I just, he touched me. And um, I should say touch, not hit, but hit in a good way. And uh, <laughs> I just felt his presence. And uh, anyways, I committed my life to Christ. I had backslid for a little bit in, in middle school, even though I had given my life to Christ at a young age as a child. And uh, then the big one was 17 years old. I was a sophomore in high school. I, uh, even though I committed my life to Christ as a freshman, I still had a lot of fears and I was ashamed and I, I, you know, of Jesus in my public school. And I still wanted to be popular and cool and liked. And I was kind of quiet about Jesus while I was a sophomore. What ended up happening, we had a series of meetings at our church and uh, this, this outside evangelist had come, and uh, each, each night he was speaking, I would go up for prayer at the end, and I, I wasn't getting touched, but all my friends were, and I was getting a, you know, I had some holy jealousy there. I was hungry for the Lord. I was seeking after him, and I wanted a, a deeper intimacy with him, and I wanted to mature and grow up in him, and I wanted to experience this filling of the Holy Spirit in my life. I wanted greater power. And uh, I remember the last night, I think he was there for five nights, was the night God was maybe stretching my faith and testing me if I'd give up or not. And I didn't. 
kept on pursuing him. And that last night he touched me, and it lasted almost four hours, uh, the encounter I had. I never experienced him that powerful before or since. I've been walking with the Lord for about 30 years now. And uh, it changed my life. I, I received the filling of the Holy Spirit. I remember having a vision of Jesus touching my head and, and just like a scene, like a stream, like a river of, of, of living water, the Holy Spirit filling me and just purifying me of some struggles that I was having with sin at the time. And uh, I remember laughing. I remember crying. Um, I remember speaking in tongues for the first time. I remember a lot of things that night. But the thing that changed my life was I had a power to witness, Acts 1-8, and a boldness that I've never had before. And that's that's when I started my uh, my Bible study group, and I started preaching. And then uh, God gave me a vision. He told me what college to go to for ministry. And uh, I've been going after him ever since. So it was uh, it was a life-changing experience. Why did you select the degree courses in college? Well, my uh, youth pastor said to me, I, I came to him and I said, hey, uh, I think God is calling me into ministry. And what's ironic, uh, Gary, was I had gone to this Bible college in middle school kind of just to hang out with my friends and, and you know, probably be around some ladies and girls. And uh, <laughs> But, you know, and I, I remember going to that just for fun. I didn't really have a heart for the Lord in middle school my backsliding years. And uh, anyways, I said to my friend, I, I, I remember these words coming out of my mouth, who in their right mind would come to this dump talking about that college because it, <laughs> did, it, was, it was pretty rough at the buildings. And uh, so anyways, you know, fast forward a few years, I said to my youth pastor, I said, I, I feel like God's calling me into full-time ministry. And because I, I had my heart set on going to university in New Hampshire and being uh this was before I got saved, and being the president of my brother's frat house, because my brother was the vice president, so of course I wanted to outdo him, and just, mm-hmm. you know, just party <laughs> and, and sleep around and make a lot of money, you know? So here I am, fast forward several years later, God saves me, and I, I he says to me, well, if you feel called to go into full-time ministry, pray about what college to get a Bible education from. So I went back, I saw God's face, and I felt him say to me, the very college that Several years later, I had called a dump and who in the right mind would go to. So that's where I got my uh, bachelor degree. And no offense to that school. It's a, it's a wonderful school. And uh, they've since moved to a beautiful building. And uh, But I, I went there because I wanted to get a solid Bible education. And I also experienced the power of the Holy Spirit there. And it was a wonderful four years. I got my bachelor in Bible there and a minor in pastoral studies. Brother Chris, what is your first book, Holy, Holy, a training manual for living a completely holy life about, and why did you write it? Well, uh, God really, um, really gave me, I believe, some revelation on holiness. And I, I when I perused the, the Christian bookstores back in the day, such things existed. Uh, today it would be Amazon and the Internet, but... Uh, you know, whether it's CBD or, or most Christian books, you don't see mm-hmm. a lot of books today on holiness. Back in the day, you did. Uh, and I just wanted to grow in holiness. I remember reading Second Corinthians 7, verse 1, that says, to complete holiness in the fear of God, uh, both body and spirit. And I said, well, I want to complete holiness on this earth. And uh, then it says in First Thessalonians five, twenty-three and 24, it talked about entire or complete sanctification, and um, mm-hmm. then it says in First Peter 1, you know, 15 and 16 about be holy as God is holy, and I said, wow, this is a high standard, but you're telling us to do it, and with every commandment of God, I believe, 
scary comes his enablement to cause mm-hmm. us to do it if we depend mm-hmm. on his grace and the power of the spirit. So mm-hmm. I said, I got to put a book together and study this out because I feel like there's so much more that I can fulfill in my own life in regards to holiness. And perhaps I can help other people to get there too. Not that I'm not talking about a sinless perfection that happens when we get our glorified bodies and enter mm-hmm. heaven. But I believe there is mm-hmm. so much more this, this complete holiness is a maturity where we can sin less and less and get more and more freedom and victory over sin. And I, I came to the conclusion that it's possible not to sin if we walk in his grace and the power of the spirit. And, you know, thank mm-hmm. God for his mercies that are new every morning, greater than his faithfulness. We sometimes sin and make bad choices, and God's mercies is there to forgive and cleanse us. But I just believe there's so much more for his power to walk in this victory and freedom over sin than, we, that, than we've tapped into. And that's what kind of motivated me to write this book, saying, man, this salvation, this gospel message, not only forgives us of our sin if we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, but it also gives us power over the rule, reign, and, and um, you know, power of sin in our life. It, it not only forgives us of sin, but it sets us free from sin's power in our life. So all of a sudden, holiness became a beautiful word. It produces wholeness in our life, and it was no longer an ugly word. And there's two extremes on holiness, uh, Gary. There's one that's legalism, where we take mm-hmm. man's traditions and man's rules mm-hmm. and confuse them with God's law, God's rules. And then there's, you know, and we beat ourselves up and we depend on ourselves and we kind of look at our own works to save us. That's one extreme. And then the other extreme is, is a license to sin or lasciviousness, worldliness, right? And we mm-hmm. need to find a, a heart-based, grace-based holiness that's centered on Jesus and looking like Jesus and loving God and loving people. So that's why I wrote the book, to try to find that balance. And three questions I answer in that book is, you know, what is biblical holiness? How holy can we become on this earth, and uh, how do we actually live this holy uh, life? Mm-hmm. How about your latest one, A Better Approach to Dating, Navigating the Modern Dating Scene with God's Guidance? And I also understand you have a Kindle edition, Chris. Yes, yes. So both of these books can be purchased on Amazon, and, they, and I should have Kindles for both of them. And I also have a study guide for the Holy Holy book as well. But that the dating book, it's kind of um, that one's kind of interesting because I, you know, I always try to see God's face for what book He wants me to write, if any. And uh, I felt, you know, at forty, I believe I was forty-two, forty-two years old. Uh, I'm forty-three now, so I'm just trying to do the math here. So at forty-two, <laughs> I'm seeking God's face, and I felt Him tell me dating. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is so humbling. I did not think at forty-two years old, Gary, I would be told to. <laughs> or at least I sensed and felt him telling me to uh, write a book on dating. So that's how that came about. I didn't. I, I wasn't uh, planning on going that direction. Uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah, I just felt him lead me to go that direction. And at the time, I was single. So I have a kind of a long, complicated past in this area. But basically, I got married at uh, 25 years old, and mm-hmm. uh, I was married for almost 15 years, two children, and my wife decided she wanted to divorce me. And here I was as a senior leader, a pastor of the Awakening Church with two children, and I was just shocked. You know, when I when I got mm-hmm. married, it was a covenant for life. I never thought in a million years uh, my former spouse would divorce me, and she did. Nothing I, I, mm-hmm. I tried doing work to keep her. She has a, you know, mm-hmm. God's given us that freedom of choice, and That's she decided right. to walk. 
And no matter what I tried, nothing worked, and she ended up going off and getting remarried. But in the meantime, I waited for her for three years, mm-hmm. hoping she'd come back. Uh, and during that single season, you know, I, uh, I that's when I wrote the book. And I said, there's got to be a, da- a better way to approach dating, which I ended up applying. And that's where that book came out of. It was both my experience. But the Bible itself doesn't talk about dating, but there's principles we can apply to the dating scene Mm -hmm. where we can be wise in that and not foolish. And basically, the better approach is simple. It's not trusting in ourselves to try to make a a dating um, relationship happening. It's trusting in God as a perfect matchmaker and allowing Mm -hmm. him to work out the circumstances and bring that person to us. And when we sense and feel that that person could be the one God has for us for life, it's then we pursue dating. And in that dating process, once we truly believe and we confirm that, that's when we pursue her for marriage or, or him for marriage. We get engaged and get married. So that approach mm-hmm. actually worked, and I'm remarried now. We're going on about a year almost, and I have a wonderful marriage. I'm blessed, and, and I have a new mm-hmm. chapter in my life. So that book Praise came out God. of not only the Bible, but my own personal experience. Praise God. You're talking about trials and challenges to your faith where God has been victorious. Listeners, you're hearing Chris also talk about separation unto God when we're talking about holiness being set apart for him. And you hear the joy coming from inside Chris that only the Holy Spirit of God can cause to be. Because even though Chris is sharing from a personal standpoint what impacted his life and his children's life as it relates to his former partner, he's sharing how that God laid upon his heart to write this new book as it relates to approaching the dating. And he's sharing the importance of it as we'll talk about in a few moments. But also he shared how that God blessed him with a, another partner and that through it all, you can hear the joy within his life and the peace that he's simply trying to share with all of us as it relates to those who are out there attempting to find that individual that you want to be in your life from a soulmate standpoint, but God ordained. Chris, why is it important to use wisdom and be guided by God toward finding the right spouse? Well, the second most important decision in our life will be who we marry first most important decision is our eternity, accepting Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. There's nothing more important than that. But the second most important decision will be who we marry, our spouse. You know, God, the second greatest commandment is love our neighbor as ourself, Mark 12, uh, 31 tells us. And uh, who's our closest neighbor? Well, it's our spouse, right? And then our children Mm -hmm. after that. And that's our priority Mm -hmm. in life. You know, God first. Uh, spouse second, then children, and then everything following that. And uh, so, you know, when it comes to our spouse, it's essential we are wise. Now, wisdom is not just knowledge. Wisdom is knowledge applied. Wisdom Mm -hmm. is making godly choices. It's very practical in the Bible. And the fear of God is the beginning of all knowledge or wisdom, Proverbs 1, 7. So that fear of God is a reverence and respect for him. It's also being afraid of his discipline or judgment in our life. So it motivates us to not sin. It motivates us to make right choices. So the fear of God, whatever we fear, controls us. There's no one better to be controlled by than God and his love. So that fear of God influences us to make right choices and not sin and repent if we do sin so that we don't have his discipline but his favor in our life. We humble ourselves, and as we stay humble and low, that's when we get God's grace or favor or empowerment in our life. 
And as we are proud, he opposes us, and we, we forfeit that, that power and that grace in our life. So the key is we need to be wise. Proverbs 4, 8 says, above all else, get wisdom. Wisdom is supreme, right, in our pursuit. Read the, the first mm-hmm. eight chapters of Proverbs, and you'll see that. So when it comes to the dating scene, when it comes to marriage, it is so crucial. We are wise, and we apply biblical principles. And it's so important we get the right person, but it's also so important that we are the right person. So in our singleness season, we need to use that freedom and that time and that energy to seek God, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew six thirty three, and allow God to purge, prune, and prepare us for our future spouse so that we are like Jesus, so that we, are, we grow in holiness and righteousness and maturity, so that we will be the right spouse one day for another person, and we keep ourselves pure for that person, and we go after the Lord, and we do ministry, and we seek his face and, and draw close in intimacy with him. And then as a result of that, God will, in this perfect sovereign time, and bring that person to us, and we will have the character for that person. And as we're praying for our future spouse, that future spouse will come to us and they'll be ready for us. And God will just make it clear when that time comes as we're seeking his face. Mm, mm, mm. In society today, what are the pros and cons in dating 99 people to find a one, especially online? Well, that's the issue, right? Uh, So I Mm -hmm. actually went down that road at one point with the dating apps. I have a whole chapter in, in my book actually on that because that's kind of like the way to do it it seems you know today a lot of people are doing it that way and uh i'm not here to knock it it could be god's will but it's not necessarily god's will he can use that mm-hmm. as an instrument or a means to bring our spouse to us but at other times it's not his will and it's just a big distraction and uh, for me it never worked but i do know some couples that it worked for but it's not wise to uh, approach the dating scene and just go through, like you said, 99 people in the hopes to find the one. Why spend all that time and energy? And perhaps, you know, you can, it, it can lead to all sorts of temptations and sins, whether it's sexual compromise, whether it's a rejection and, and, and our hearts mm-hmm. being broken and the drama to ensue with that. So why go down that road and just throw out our hearts out there to be broken on and, and experience perhaps betrayal and rejection in the process. Why not just use our energies in our time to seek God's face, become more like Jesus, and to ask him for wisdom, revelation, and clarity and understanding that when the time comes, he'll show us who that person is. And then once we know or sense we know that this person could be the one, then we pursue dating them in the hopes to confirm that so that we marry them. So basically in the book I talk about you know, the purpose of dating is potential marriage. That's why we date. If our intention in dating is not for the hopes of getting married to this person, then we're dating with the intention to break up with them. I mean, just think about it. That's foolish, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, so I talk about, I have a whole chapter in my book on our motives for dating. Why are we dating? That's what God cares about, our motives of our heart. And I just encourage Mm -hmm. people to be wise about this. Date for the purpose of getting married. And if you don't feel or sense or think this person could be the one, there's no purpose mm-hmm. of dating. It's for, it's always for the purpose of marriage. Mm-hmm. Brother Chris, apart from being the lead and founding elder and pastor of the Awakening Church, which you founded in April 2009, you're also the founder and president of Chris Du Bois Ministries. What are the aims and goals? So, yeah, I started that ministry on the side just because I have a real passion for discipleship. I, I'm, a, I'm a teacher at heart, and uh, I believe the Lord's given me that gift, and I love 
discussing and teaching the Word of God and uh, discipling people, counseling people. So that ministry on the side, Chris Dubois Ministries, uh, and you can visit that website, ChrisDuboisMinistries.com. I just have a bunch of free videos, articles on there. You can also purchase my books on there. I'm getting uh, college classes that I'm teaching at the church that I pastor right now. I'll get those on there soon. I'm in the process of doing that. Uh, we have what we call the Awakening School of Ministry. We're in the uh, spring semester now, so I'm teaching through Systematic Theology 2-3 and uh, Old, uh, New Testament, excuse me, New Testament Survey. But I have three other classes, Old Testament surveys, uh, Survey, Hermeneutics, and Systematic Theology 1 from last uh, semester, the fall semester of 2023. And those classes should be on there soon. So basically what I'm doing is is I started up that other ministry to help, uh, whether it's traveling, speaking, or biblical counseling, or college classes, or free videos on there, to help people to grow in holiness, righteousness, and Christ-likeness. So it's a whole separate discipleship ministry where uh, I just help, I, I long to help people to be wise, to make good choices in their life according to the Word of God as our source for truth and authority. And uh, also, you know, the Lord has blessed me. I went to uh, Zion Bible College. It's called North Point uh, Bible College now in Haverhill, Mass. I also went to Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary for my Master's of Divinity, and both these schools are wonderful. And I just want to be able to take what I've, what I've been entrusted to from the Lord and what he's blessed me with with this education and help uh, speak and communicate it in a clear, understandable way so that all of us, we can grow in that, in that holiness and that righteousness and we can show the world Jesus and we can know this God and make him known. So that was the purpose of that ministry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Chris, why is it important for a Christ follower to grow in Jesus Christ and his word? It's so important because without uh, that Christ-likeness in our life, we're forfeiting our potential in the purpose of salvation. If we look at Ephesians chapter 2, it says we're not saved uh, by works, we're saved by grace through faith. But then it says in Ephesians 2.10, we're saved for good works. And then it says in Ephesians 1, 4, and 5 that he saved us for holiness, right? No one's, no one's more holy than Jesus. So holiness looks like Jesus. So the, in, and then in Romans eight twenty eight it says that God works all things according to our good to those who, who love him and are the called. And then Romans eight twenty nine tells us what the good is. The good is the image of Jesus. That's the good he's working in our life. So the, 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 the end game the main point here in our Christian existence is he's preparing a bride for, the, for, the, for, for heaven one day, for the new heavens and new earth. He's preparing us. He's making us uh, radiant and spotless and glorious. He's, he's coming to, to give us a big wedding, right, the, the mm-hmm. wedding supper of the Lamb. So he, he, is, he is making us more and more like Jesus, but he also has a plan and a purpose for us. He returns again one day, and that's to, to purify us, to purge us, to prune us. And he, he does that not only for us to be the salt and the light on the earth and to show people the image of the Father, he also does that for our own good. Because the more we become like Jesus, the more we flow in the, the fullness of joy. John fifteen eleven, Jesus said he came to bring us complete joy. First Peter 1, 8 talks about joy unspeakable, full of glory. He wants to bless us. Blessing means happiness. 
He wants us to live the blessed life, the abundant life. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. He wants us to flow and walk in that peace and that love and that joy and that freedom. So what he, what, when we grow in that Christ-likeness, not only does it glorify the Father, but it also blesses us and it brings freedom and joy to our life. And then we take that and we shine that light to others and we, we're, we're the, we be the hands and the feet of Jesus to a lost and dying world. Brother Chris, how can listeners purchase your books and contact you? I know you alluded to it earlier, but how can they purchase your books and contact you? Yeah, so they can reach out to me through email from my uh, website, uh, com. So C-H-R-I-S-D-U-B as in boy, O-I-S, ministries.com. You can go on there and just click. Uh, you'll see where the books are. And uh, you can order them there. Or just go to Amazon.com. Just put me in the search, Chris Dubois, Holiness. They'll come right up, or Dating. And, uh, yeah, you can purchase the books there. You can contact me through my website. I also have the church website, too. Uh, it's www.the-awakening.online, the-awakening.online. And you can uh, – See the so you can find out more about the church I, I shepherd here in Dover, New Hampshire. How can interested listeners become involved in your organizational ministry? Yeah, so if they're in the area, if they're in the New Hampshire area, they can uh, feel free to contact me or come meet me or come visit one of our church services. And uh, yeah, I uh, I do. Uh, there's a speaking schedule, and if they ever want to meet me or have me come minister, I, I am open to traveling and speaking. Of course, I got a church I, I shepherd as well, so I would work around my schedule here in New Hampshire. But, yeah, I would love to come visit. I, I can also do biblical counseling on Zoom or over the phone. And, um, yeah, I just want to help, you know, fulfill the ministry that Jesus fulfilled when he walked this earth and we're to, we're to follow his lead. We, you know, Isaiah 61 talks about setting the captives free and, and freeing the prisoners and healing the brokenhearted. And there's just so much more for us, Gary, than we can even fathom or imagine. And uh, all things are possible to them that believe. And uh, mm-hmm. he's able to do that, that change in our life. So, yeah, I'm here and I'm available and I love to reach out and connect with people in any way possible. Chris, any final words for our listeners? Well, I just want to encourage our listeners, if you, if, you're not, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he's the only way to the Father. He's the only way to your creator. God Almighty created you to know you and have fellowship and relationship with you. Our sin has separated us from this holy God, Isaiah 59, 2. And uh, to sin is to break God's law, 1 John uh, three four tells us, and we've all broken his law. Romans three twenty three says, "All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God." There was only one human, Jesus, that never sinned. Adam and Eve started with a clean slate, but they ended up sinning and breaking God's law. They didn't trust God. They rebelled, and they partook of the fruit that God told them not to eat. He warned them if they did, they would die. They eventually died physically, but they died immediately spiritually. Sin separates us from this holy God, and now. Every human eventually sins, and therefore they get, they get entrapped and enslaved by sin, and they need a deliverer. They need a savior. 
So the good news is this, that if we turn to Jesus and trust in him and turn from our sin, it's called repentance, and trust in Jesus, it's called faith, we will be reconciled to this holy God and we will have a relationship with him now and we can enjoy eternal life. It begins when we get saved, when we get converted, but it is fulfilled when we go to heaven and get our glorified bodies. So I just want to leave Mm -hmm. on that note that salvation Mm -hmm. is for all who are willing to turn to Jesus, repent or turn from their sin and turn to Jesus and trust in him. Mm -hmm. And I also want to encourage the believer. If you're a believer, don't settle for less. Just mm-hmm. The Bible says in, in James 4 that if we draw near to God, God will draw near to us. Jeremiah 29 tells us if we uh, seek God with all our heart, we'll find him. And I just want to encourage you, again, Second Corinthians 7.1, he calls us to complete holiness on this earth now. So just go after God. There's so much more he wants from you. Go deeper in him, and he'll set you free. He'll fill you with a joy unspeakable, full of glory, and he'll bless your life, and you will find a, uh, a, a wholeness to your life that you've never known existed. And, and Jesus is the answer. He always has been. He always will be. Just fix your eyes on him, and he will keep you to the end as you continue to trust him. All right, my brother. <clears throat> Chris, thank you for taking the time, coming on Challenges of Faith radio program, and sharing all that you have and did. And may God continue to richly bless you your family, your ministry, and come back any time God so leads. All right, brother. God bless you. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you, my brother. Listeners, thank you for taking the time again and tuning in to Challenges of Faith radio program. I'm Gary McCant.